Welcome to the Dude Make Something podcast, where we discuss faith, mental health, and personal development for the purpose of helping black men to stop being mediocre and to do the work to become excellent for God's glory and the good of others. What's going on, folks? This is Jam Calton. Uh, I just wanted to do a quick video. Hopefully it'll be quick because I have to go to work soon. <laughs> so um, I'm going to try to do this video really quick, but something, it's just something that I feel like I've been wrestling with and thinking about for quite some time. I think it really applies to where we are right now as believers and it, it can be kind of tough, but I, I think there is a struggle with some believers um, with a form of Christian escapism. Christian escapism, and I pulled up the definition of escapism here on dictionary.com, and it reads, the avoidance of reality by absorption of the mind in entertainment or in an imaginative situation, activity, etc. And so, okay, give me a little background uh, to why I've been thinking about this and why I think this is relevant to right now. So we definitely know that 2020 was ridiculous. We know that. Um, we know that everything that happened with the pandemic and things like that has been very, very challenging all over the world, all over the world. And I think, especially here in the States, it's been a challenge to try to grip and understand what's been happening in the world. And it doesn't help that, you know, there's the internet and you can have just tons and tons of information and tons of facts or whatever. Like it, there's so much content out there that it makes it very difficult to understand what's true, what's right, what, what should I be focusing on, all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, like, this isn't the first time this has happened. Like, throughout the history of the world, especially as believers, there's, there's been plenty of times where we think, like, oh, snap, this is the end. This is the end. I mean, really, if you go back in church history, after, you know, Christ died and rose and, and you know, ascended into heaven, the apostles and the believers at the time, they were like, you know, it, it's about to go down. <laughs> it's about to go down. Christ is coming back soon, and uh, Rome is about to get dealt with, and you know whatever the beast is about to get dealt with, and things are going to wrap up here on the, on this earth real quick, real fast. And then you go two thousand years later, <laughs> and uh, stuff is still going on. You know, um, believers in Christ and followers of Yah are still being persecuted all over the world, and craziness is still happening all over the world. And I think it's really important that we, we don't get caught up in escapism, especially as believers. And what that looks like, I wrote down three different things of how that looks like. Um, the three things I, I think are um, sometimes as believers, we can get caught up in like eschatology, um, trying to figure out the end and understand the end and, and get it all together and predict everything. And when, when is this gonna happen? Getting caught up in eschatology, um, I think as Westerners or American believers, I think we can get caught up in the concept of retirement. And then also I feel like evangelicalism can really put us in a, in a weird space when it comes to how we're supposed to be walking out this faith. And I'll start with eschatology. Yes, there's Bible prophecies. Yes, we know uh, our Heavenly Father knows the beginning from the end. He knows the end from the beginning, I should say. Like he knows everything. We know that. We know that for a fact. Even on uh, I don't have the scriptures right in front of me right now, but we know that, you know, Jesus is talking to um, the disciples, the apostles in the gospels, and, you know, they're asking about the end and stuff like that. And he's like, only God knows. Only God knows when, you know, only the father knows when the end is going to happen, you know? And uh, 
so we're waiting. <laughs> we're walking by faith, waiting. And, you know, he, he, he gave us some examples of, of signs to look for, you know, reading scripture as, as in the days of Noah and a lot of that. And people have been trying to predict that and understand that and, you know, crack the code on that for a very long time. The reason I, I feel like getting caught up in eschatology can be a problem is that sometimes we can get so focused on when we're getting out of here and when Christ is coming back that, sorry, I need to eat lunch, <laughs> um, that we forget the focus on the work that we're supposed to be doing right now. We get so caught up about, all right, we're, we're just going to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Like things are going to wrap up here and we're, we're just going to go. And then, you know, there are some, again, I, I think for words like eschatology and um, pre-trib, post-trib and all, a lot of this stuff, a lot of this stuff is really, it's really for a lot of Christian Bible geeks. Uh, I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. Most, most believers don't pay attention to that stuff. They really don't. They don't. They're really just trying to follow God day by day, moment by moment, and trying to get uh, Father Yah's help with dealing with the stresses of life right, right here, right now. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's really sitting around going through books and eschatology, but now, you know, here in, 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 the, in the States, we have that opportunity. Right now, um, because of technology and things like that, we, we can get we have the option to sit around and just study and study and study. And there's nothing wrong with studying. We should, we should definitely study, but we'll study and listen, study and listen, research and research and research. And we get so caught up about what's going to happen next that we don't pay attention to what's happening right now. And I, 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 I have fallen victim to that. I know I've done that. You know, um, there's so much stuff to learn about father. Yah. there's so much stuff to learn about um, scripture. There's so much. And I, I say father Yah because that's his name. Um, but if it makes people more comfortable, I can say God. <laughs> um, there's so much information. There's so much, so many books to to to, to read. Um, so many sermons to watch. There's so much out there. But we can be so caught up in what's going to happen next that we don't pay attention to what's happening right now. We don't pay attention to what God is telling us to do right here and then in this moment. And like I said, I've I have definitely fallen victim to that. You know, I have been so consumed about what's going to happen tomorrow that it paralyzes me from doing anything now. And I know there's this phrase about being, you know, too heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I push back against that because I believe Christ was completely heavenly minded. He literally said, I only do what I see the father do. I only do what he tells me to do. So that means he was completely focused on heaven. He was focused on receiving from the most high. He was perfectly in tune with the Holy Spirit. I push back against that because if we are heavenly minded, if we are tied up in, in walking in the way God wants us to walk, we're going to be earthly good. We're going to do exactly what, we're going to be like Christ. That's what he, he came down here to do exactly what God told him to do, what the Father told him to do, what the Holy Spirit was leading him to do. We need to be more like that so we can be more in tune and do exactly what he wants us to do so that we can walk in faith, so that we can use the grace that God gives us, you know? But if we're caught up focusing on one thing, like eschatology, or when to move on to the next thing about evangelicalism, if we're focused on one thing too much, that becomes a problem. I think we're so focused on trying to figure out what this means and what that means, when God is saying, I don't need you to really focus on that right now. I need you to focus on me, and I need you to go and serve people. I need you to love your children. I need you to stand up for what's right. I need you to make sure justice and judgment is happening. I need you to give more. I need you to 
change the way that you talk. I need you to change what you're watching and consuming. I need you to do these things. I need you to be light in this dark world. I don't need you to be thinking about the ejector seat and how you can get out of here. No, I need you to be down here being my hands and feet and impacting people and, and, and ministering to people and helping people, teaching people, helping people to grow. But I think it's, it's real easy. It's real easy to get caught up in that stuff, to get caught up in trying to understand prophecies and listening for prophecies and, and dissecting everything. Eschatology can book eschatology in itself, that study of that, trying to understand the end times. That's what that is, the end time, studying of the end time, knowledge of the end times. That in itself can become an idol. And I would say transitioning into the idea of evangelicalism, that in itself can become an idol. Like there's so much as believers for us to do for the kingdom. For the and and I, I believe the kingdom is wherever God wants to be. And even though we know in scripture it's we understand that Satan is the God of this world. The way I look at it is that the world is like a snow globe or like, you know, something you look at it can be a snow globe or a marble, whatever. I don't want to get into that debate, but it's, it's something that um, ultimately God is outside of and he's looking at it and he's like, all of this is mine. Even if Satan is the God of this world, God made Satan. And, you know, we, we know how that story ends. And so his kingdom reign is everywhere. And there's so much more kingdom work that needs to be done. But if we're only thinking about one thing or focusing on one thing, we're missing the mark. If we're only emphasizing so much stuff on so much energy on one thing, we're missing it. And so if only thing we're focused on is how to get people saved and get them into churches and then how to convert them to go be missionaries, to go get more people into churches, but we're not making space for people to really develop people or... Like I understand that there, there are some some ministries that focus on like discipleship and things like that but this overall overarching push to only focus on people getting saved and then going to go save other people that's it's kind of a sorry i'm trying to get my light together that's kind of a very limiting way of how the kingdom works there's so many different parts and aspects of the kingdom but if we only look at and only teach people just go win and save souls like no it's, it's more than that like it's more complex than that. Like God wants um, his, his kingdom and his culture and his character, character to be manifested in the world. And his aspects of his character and his kingdom is more than just evangelizing. It's more than that. Like even if you look at, I think it's Ephesians 4, it talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. There are different aspects there. Like even if the spiritual gifts, there's so many different aspects that are there that God wants us to reflect in the earth. But if, again, we're only focusing on one thing, that becomes a problem. And that even, you know, ties in with the, the Christian escapism. It's like, if the only thing we're talking about is like dying and going to heaven, we don't do any work here. There's so much more work that needs to be done here. A lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work that needs to be done here. And um, the, the last word I talked about was just retirement. Like even in this Western culture, in this American culture, this idea of retirement, you work for 40, 50 years, and then you play golf for the rest of it. Like, you just chill. Outside of people who are super wealthy, like King Solomon and other people like that, nobody nobody that I see in Scripture was retiring, like working to the very end because God had a work for them to do. And sure, the work changes from season to season. You do different things. But, I mean, you think about Apostle Paul. He was still writing letters. He was still being an apostle. He was still trying to impact the churches 
even when he was in prison, even up to the point where he was like, yeah, I'm about to die. Like <laughs> I've, I've um, run my race, you know, I've, I've done my, my part, but even that was still him working. Think about Moses. Like he worked up until he couldn't even get into the promised land. Like you constantly keep working. But if you have this idea of a retirement, then that in itself is a form of escapism. You know, like I'm going to do ministry for a little bit and then deuces, I'm out. No, like God has us here alive and he grants us with day after day of the ability to live for his glory and for the good of other people for us to continue to work. And yes, there is an ideal work. There's a work that he has for us to do, a work that is building up the kingdom and that's glorifying and that's beneficial to other people. It's not just about working a job nine to five. It's more than that. It's about kingdom work. But we're supposed to keep doing that. But if we're always focusing focusing on what's going to happen next, if we're always thinking that it's just one specific thing, like uh, evangelism or whatever, and if we're in this understanding that like I work for a little bit and then it's just going to retire, like no, like we don't need to escape the reality that God has us here for a purpose. He has us here for a reason to do good works. That's the reason we were saved. We were saved to do good works and to glorify him. We don't need to run away from it. We don't need to run away from all of the problems that are happening in the world. You know, even the idea of being raptured, like, no, the world's going to, if you're looking and reading the scripture, the world's going to be falling apart and crazy stuff is going to be happening. And the body of Christ is still going to be there ministering, preaching, teaching, helping, and growing. And yeah, that's scary. That's scary as crap. I'm sure a lot of people think like because of what's happening in the world right now that we should just all just disappear. You know, it's like, oh, no, oh. all the sinners are going to have to deal with, you know, this chaos is going on. Like, no, we're actually supposed to be here helping people because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. People still need to mature. People still need to know the truth. People still need to, like justice still needs to be done. Like there's so much work that needs to be done. And again, I, I feel I feel impassioned about this because I, I feel like I Again, like, I feel like I was, I've been deceived to believe that, like, like if you're not focusing on just the end, if you're not just going out winning souls and, you know, if you get to a place where you can feel like you've made it or whatever, like a retirement, then there's nothing else to do. There's so much more to do. And I, I'm ashamed that I, I feel like I've, I've, I've believed that, like, and there's other reasons. There's other things that have caused me to check out at times. Like I, I do, I wrestle with like depression and anxiety and there have been other things in my life that have made me like give up on things that I believe God has placed on my heart to do. But there's work that needs to be done. And there are people, the whole world, I think it's in Romans 8 that talks about the whole world is groaning for the appearance of the sons of God. Well, for that to happen, we need to keep growing and maturing and, and be those sons of God throughout the world especially here in the States. There's a lot of work that needs to be done here in the States, like a lot. And I would say even more specifically, there's a lot of work that needs to, to happen in the black community. Like there's a lot of work um, that needs to be done. And I think one of the reasons I want to keep making this content and working on stuff, because I want to help. I want to help the body of Christ, but I, more specifically, I want to help my people. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, there's a there's a lot there uh, that I could probably cover in some other videos, but we need help. We need help, and we need to do work. And um, there's actually there's a song <laughs> that I liked. Um, I still like it, um, but it's a POD song. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. 
not the song itself because that'll cover right straight. But these are the lyrics of the song. So this is a song um, from one of, I don't think this is P.O.D.'s first album. It might be. I don't think it is, but it's called Snuff the Punk. Okay, so I'm just going to read the lyrics. <laughs> I can't, I can't sing it or say it the way Sonny does it, but uh, let's see here. Just go to the verse. First verse. Snuff the Punk. I'm getting tired of the chump. Bass in your face, you'll get a taste of the P.O.D. funk. When I say punk or chump, I don't mean you. I'm talking about the devil and his crew. Check me out. He came to rob and steal from the helpless. Warriors of Christ, we stand up for the defenseless. So can you get with this? Then please step to this. And if you say yes, sign the P.O.D. checklist. This is a spiritual war. We take no prisoners. Live a life of sin. You don't know what you're getting into. Hey, you pick the winner. Love the sinner. Hate the sin, dude. You, we got a plan. Understand. Here's what we're going to do. Snuff the punk. Snuff the punk. Snuff them. What? <laughs> snuff the All right. So that's, that's the hook. Verse two. P.O.D. hit me one more time for those that don't uh, be known. Merely, merely, merely down the streams is how I'm flowing. Keep going. Don't stop. All props to my pops. P.O.D. The gospel. The gospel that rocks. Rock you. We did it. I think it's time to quit it. And when <laughs> my king is speaking, yo, you better take a seat, kid. The shield of God ain't nothing going to hurt me. And like, and like too rough, we're getting down and dirty. I told you once before, homie, this is the real deal. No time to win your soul. It's too late. We got to steal it. Blinded by ignorance. You use some common sense. It's too close to the end to be walking on the fence. Rough so tough. God challenged my bluff. Gee, I, uh, <clears throat> I thank the Lord the day he snuffed a punk like me. So <laughs> this song is so dope. I really love the song. Um, I haven't listened to this song in a really long time. But um, the verse that, not the verse, but the, the line in the song that I like so much is this one. No time to win your soul. It's too late. We got to steal it. And just being reminded that like we are, we're, we are currently still in a spiritual war <laughs> and it's, it's, it's way more intense than I think sometimes we teach about or talk about, you know, like, and not in even sense that, you know, uh, Oh, we uh, talk about spiritual things and now people get scared or whatever. It's like, no, like there's just this, this reality of this life and this walk that we need to embrace. And, Part of that is we need to understand that we do have to keep working. We have to keep fighting and we can't check out. Like we can't, us as believers who, if we, if we believe and understand that we have the truth and that we are connected to the almighty God and we are his vessel on this earth to be able to help and serve people, we cannot check out. We cannot be caught up in escapism. We can't just like, oh no, go away. You know, there's all this stuff like there's, other things that are more important or, you know, because the end is happening, well, there's nothing else to do. Like, no, like it's, it's more, it's more imperative now than ever that we are walking in, walking by faith and walking in his will and doing what he wants us to do. And I'm trying my best to challenge myself to do that. And if that means me making <laughs> YouTube videos to help other brothers and sisters who are in this walk, who, um, are like blurred believers like me, who, um, have different experiences that are they, they that I can relate to, or they hear my experiences and they can relate to them. But I can help them um, be more of who God wants them to be. I need to do that work. I need to show up and do these videos. Like I need to write blogs. I need to do whatever. And I mean the same thing for whatever God you know God is placed on your heart to do. Even if it is just like I need to spend more time with my kids. Or I need to spend more time with my spouse. Like I need to spend more time reading scripture. Like whatever it is. Like we are in this fight in there's no time. Like we got to We got to We, we really got to get on it. And I feel really bad that I have over these past few years, I've lost zeal for life in general. And I'm really praying and asking God to help me recover that so that I can do and be 
who he wants me to be. And so I can do the good works that he's called and designed me to do. Like it's, it's super important. It's super important. And again, all it takes is an idea, believing the wrong idea and the wrong thought that can completely throw you off. And Satan, devil, the devil, whatever, the enemy of your soul has been doing the same trick and the same plan. I mean, using the same thing since the beginning. (laughs) All he has to do is plan in the wrong idea, the wrong thought, give you, lead you down the wrong faith. Faith is just being the substance of something to hope in, to believe in. Like, this is a whole deeper teaching in itself, but like the wrong seed in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit to lead you off. And we have, all of us, in one way or another, have fallen victim to that. And I'm just saying that this idea of escapism, of trying to, like, get out of here, even though, yeah, it's understandable. Like, this place, we're pilgrims here. You know, we're, we're sojourners. We're going through. But we were sent here to do something, just like our Lord and Savior, sent here to do something, to do a work. And it's important that we do that work. Let me know if you've ever struggled with that, like, the idea of Christian escapism, like, just going somewhere else just trying to get away you know like and not dealing with the work that needs to be done here or dealing with this world and just saying you know what i'm just ready to check out and you know god's got a seat in heaven for me and i'm trying to get there as soon as possible like but god also has a work for you to do but let me know what your thoughts are and i will talk to you guys later see ya thanks for listening to the show be sure to like and subscribe on youtube and rate and review on your favorite podcasting app Black man, you're called for more than mediocre living. You're here for a purpose, to live for God's glory and for the good of others. Let's do the work and keep choosing to live a vibrant and excellent life. Until next time, go make something for yourself, of yourself, and for God's glory and the good of others. Peace.